Yeah, Shall we, we plug didn't. our 150th show? Yeah, because we didn't do it on the show we just recorded either. Doesn't matter. Anything <laughs> can cut together exactly. anyhow, Ryan. Yeah. So All right. just roll with roll it, with baby. It. Roll. It's the magic of editing. Let me roll it to you. <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. You guys like that dramatic pause that I, I gave you there? Sure. Yeah, you, did. you don't that. care. Yeah, why not? Give me time to pick up the uh, drumstick. <laughs> well, that worked too. Uh, my name is Robino, and joining me today, Mr. R- Ryan Flurry. R- R- Ryan Flurry. And Mr. Steve Barkley. They call me Steve. I kind of like that. Is it? I like I like the game show announcement. <laughs> yeah. It's a new take. Yeah, yeah. Why listen, not? well, we got to do something different. We're one. We're almost. We're almost to one fifty. Almost. Almost. We are almost. We're creeping, creeping up there slowly but surely. We'll hey, let's open. Let's open the show talking a little bit about that, shall we? Are you excited about our one hundred and fiftieth show? Absolutely. Up? But yeah, so our 150th, we're just, it's going to be a little bit of a free-form show. We're going to open the Zoom room, see if anyone wants to talk. There'll be tequila. Uh, there'll be tequila. We'll probably generally make idiots of ourselves. So it'll be something to tune in for. So it's it's uh, there'll be a lot of cowbell, I'm sure. Because I'm sure once Steve has some tequila shots in him, that cowbell is just, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, we'll give him a guitar, and he's got the cowbell, and we can put Rob on the ukulele, and... Yeah, it's gonna be. It'll be. It'll be crazy. It'll be off the show. hook, as the kids say. They still saying that? Do they still say that? I don't know. Or is that our generation not. saying that? <laughs> Was that our generation? <laughs> Isn't something supposed to be like fleek now or no, something? No way. It'll be. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be fleek. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not, oh, we'll just make that. <laughs> we'll just make that start a thing. It's gonna be so fleek, man. I don't, I don't know if they say man anymore either. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> We are so unhip, it's amazing our bones Dude. don't fall off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so that's our 150th show. That is going to com- be coming up on May 2nd at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, Pacific. Standard Time. Uh, so we will have, of course, all the details on all our given social media and websites. Um, so, yeah, hope to see you there. And that was our first plug. So what, el- what else do we got going on today, Ryan? Today, we are talking with Noah Callen, who is the president of the Disability Tech website. Uh, cool. Yeah. So it should be interesting to uh, hear what exactly he does over there at uh, Disability Tech. But first, let's do some news. So first up, we have a story that Steve has sent in about intuitive limbs, the new era in prosthetic technology. 
Yeah, so this is really gnarly. So what they're doing is they're using uh, computing power and artificial intelligence to essentially figure out what people want to do with their limb. So you've got an artificial limb, and when you go to pick up a glass of water, for example, there's certain things that impulses that you're sending from your your brain down your arm to your hand to do this action. The AI is able to record and interpret what happens with those signals and it learns over time what it is that you're trying to achieve. So the longer it learns, the more accurate its interpretation of what you're trying to do with that limb is. Interesting. So I'm trying to, because, you know, we've heard, we've, we've heard of prosthetic limbs sort of tying into, you know, using, using stuff like um, the emotive headsets and stuff like that to interpret right. different neural signals to send a signal on to control the limb. But I've never, I've never heard of this concept of actually using AI to train, to tr actually train the limb to interpret what you want to do with the uh, with the prosthetic limb. So this is actually pretty interesting. Actually, that's a that's a route that I hadn't even considered, but it actually might be a lot easier and a lot less invasive than doing it the other way. Yeah, the 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 demonstration that I saw, they the the user was wearing kind of a a cuff around their upper arm and they they were missing their lower arm. Sure. Um, so that cuff that they had on, I guess was the part that was intercepting the signals. Okay. And and then their their mechanical hand below that was, you know, doing all the work. Right. But uh but yeah, this is um I can't remember the name the, of the company now that's I think that's it's Coapt. Co Coapt? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this is basically all they're focused on. They're focused on that's, how to use artificial intelligence to make that could be a prosthetic limbs work better. That could be a really powerful combination. Mm -hmm. Um you know, if you're interpreting um, the the signals, the electrical signals from from the muscle of say the the stub, as well as then and then using that AI component to interpret those in a way to make the prosthetic limb respond. Um, wow, that that could really propel that type of 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 AT forward. Yeah, in a drastic way. Yeah, really, really kick it up a notch, make huh. it, make those limbs a lot more adaptable and a lot more um, uh, realistic. I guess would be the the word. Well, yeah, because the AI component, you can train AI a lot faster than you can you can train um, somebody to be able to use that prosthetic limb. Because in the past, of of all the stuff that we've looked at before. Um, you know, you, there has to be, there's a, there's a whole training regiment that you have to go through in order to send the right signal to the arm in order to say, do something like pick up a coffee mug. Yeah. Um, but if, if you have the AI doing all that heavy lifting in terms of interpreting what you want the, the limb to do, yeah, that could, that's really exciting. See, AI, man, it's, uh, it, it seems to be ubiquitous these days. I mean, they're just plugging it into everything to see how, how much they can. And I, I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. <laughs> I'm sure that it's not going to happen. As long as they don't plug AI into things like lawnmowers or anything oh, with a blade. Chainsaws. Chainsaws. Don't do that, everybody. <laughs> don't plug AI into stuff that's common sense. 
There, there actually is now a, a Roomba type lawnmower. Yeah, there's a couple of them. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh come! Don't stop! Yeah. <laughs> stop! We should all the scientists that are developing this stuff. It should be mandatory viewing. They have to watch like Maximum Overdrive, and then they have to watch the Terminator series, and then they have to watch. They have to read Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah. Yeah. Get those laws of robotics down. Yeah. 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 This is very important. Don't screw us over. We're already having climate issues. Don't screw us over with the AI. Was that Clark or Asimov who did the laws? Amazon. It was Asimov. Yeah, that's right. It was Asimov. Yeah, Yeah, get your geek. Sorry, I almost lost my nerd cred there. (laughs) (laughs) That would have fired up the, the email. From artificial intelligence to artificial impairment. Ah, nicely done, sir. That's a good segue. Isn't it? Yeah. So you, I'm, I'm assuming that you want to talk about the, uh, the Toronto cannabis store. Well, this, you know, this is one where the headline sums it all up, right? Go ahead, give it a shot. Toronto is only operating cannabis retail store, not wheelchair accessible on opening day. Yeah, you know. We and we just talked to, to David Leposky, um, yeah, about three weeks ago, and yeah. it, it's so frustrating to read this because you know to, Ontario is supposed to be going through this this you know accessibility rebirth, and we keep hearing these stories about these new buildings that they're dropping the ball accessibility wise. I mean, sure, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny that it's a cannabis store, but I mean, the, 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 the main point of this is that this is a new retail outlet and it's a high profile one that's supposed to be serving the public, uh, not wheelchair accessible. I mean, that's incredible. It's gotta be incredibly frustrating. It is absolutely. And I think the only way that's ever going to change is when somebody goes to apply for a business permit, if they don't prove they have an accessible place of business. They shouldn't be getting their business permit. You know, well, that, wouldn't it, that mentality has to change? That I mean, that would be an interesting world that, that we lived in if that was actually wouldn't the it? case. And it's and it's not a bad idea. Like but I, I, I don't know, see why that. Maybe that could be part of uh, uh, of a business license is the fact that you your your establishment needs to be at the very least wheelchair accessible. But why not extend that into have braille signage? Exactly. Um, they have the AODA. Like they do. They they. It's been, this isn't new. You know, yeah. This wasn't a new building, though. This this is an old building that they've that they've moved into. But it's a new but, space. But though. all the same, it's a, it's a new business, mm-hmm. and they yeah, had to apply for there's business no, permit. There's no reason why a new business should not be expected to be accessible, exactly. particularly when they're doing retail trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We do retail trade for anybody who can walk up the stairs. You know? Well, you know. And and really, it, it seems to just be the onus just seems to be on on uh, the business, you know, whether or not they want to bother having their space accessible. Um, I mean, from a business standpoint, it, you know, it makes sense. You know, God, why would you why would you not have your your retail space accessible? But that's um, why that's why this isn't changing because people either a still aren't thinking about accessibility or just aren't willing to spend the money. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly you know? what it comes down to is, is that they're, they're not willing to spend the money. And there's no penalties. It's uh, 
Like he's not going to get fined for not being accessible. You know, they're going to look at a cost analysis. They're going to go like, mm-hmm. well, okay, you know, are we, how much business are we going to lose if we don't have our, our, our space um, accessible versus how much is it going to cost to make our space accessible? I mean, we saw this, we talked about a new story again, and I think this is in Toronto. I think it was a, a Toronto restaurant that, um, mm-hmm. you know, got some, some pushback because they refused, um, a patron who was in a wheelchair because they had a, they had sort of a lip to get into the restaurant. And then once you got into the restaurant, the restaurant was so densely packed with tables and stuff, there was just no room for a wheelchair. And, you know, the restaurant owner just told this, this patron, sorry, we're not, we, we, we can't, we can't serve you. And it got some, it got some, uh, heat on, on social media because of it. And it was a bit of a splash. Um, but you know, it was, it was the same thing. What it basically came down to is like, well, look, you know, the, 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 the restaurant owner has the right to make his space accessible or not. Um, you know, they, they, they look at the numbers. They look at the fact that, oh, in order to make my, my little space accessible, I'm going to have to take out tables, which means I'm going to make less money an hour. Um, the cost benefit just wasn't there for them. You know, years ago, uh, I was part owner of a uh, indoor paintball field. Mm-hmm. When we set up that indoor paintball field, we had to have a wheelchair ramp. Yeah. For people to go in. Well, we, we was part of the building code. Though. We, yeah. yeah. Are you saying, yeah, yeah. so that was part of the building code? Yeah. Now we never had anybody ever come in in a wheelchair to play right. that I ever saw anyway. Um, but we had to have a wheelchair ramp. Mm-hmm. And why is that not standard? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that should be standard. Now was that, was that just the locality that you were in? It was Richmond, British Columbia and, uh, it was, you know, a warehouse that we'd, we'd rented for the purpose. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, if in, in Richmond, if you are opening a business that's serving the public, it must be wheelchair accessible. See, why isn't this national? Why don't yeah. they just make that national instead of, instead of all these little localities, like mm-hmm. different localities will have these building code mandates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and different provinces with different acts and. Yeah. yeah. We also had to have a wheelchair accessible washroom. Washroom Wash, yeah. as well. Yeah, sure. So, you know, that's why it's it's so frustrating to to read stories like this, you know, again, especially with Ontario, who's supposed to be at the forefront of mm-hmm. provincial um accessibility law because you know, they, the ADA, right? Well, it's the only province in Canada, is it not, that actually has a disability not, act. Right. Uh, no, 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 there are others. I, I was just reading a, an article about Nova Scotia. Who they, well, they're talking about implementing one, but I don't think they have one yet. I think Manitoba I think has they, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there there are others in there, and you know, they all have these things about. Well, you know, our goal is to make the province fully accessible by mm. whatever twenty thirty, twenty forty, twenty fifty. Um, and you bet at 2029, somebody will start building a wheelchair ramp. Well, you know, again, this microcosm of you just look at what's going on in Ontario right mm-hmm. now and how they have dropped the ball. They've had the, they have the AODA for 14 years and, you know, less than half of their transit stations are accessible. Yeah. Um, they're just haven't, you know, they've just, you know, they, it seems like the, it's, it seems to always be the same, is that they introduce the legislation, there's some, some real excitement 
and, and activity around the beginning. And then it just falls into typical government bureaucracy and, and just they spin their wheels for the next. Yeah. But I think we've bitched about that topic we'll, enough. We'll, I don't think we past. can bitch enough about that topic. Whenever I see this, an article like this, I'm telling you, I'm going to post it and we should talk about it, bitch about it, because people need to make some noise about that because it's unacceptable. Okay, I got another I got another segue. Okay. From buzzkill to roadkill. Oh, hey. You hey. are the master of the segue today. Hey, yeah. Yes. Okay, well, let's talk about this. This comes to us from Australia. Um, a third of blind people have been hit or narrowly missed by electric cars as calls grow to make them louder. Now, this is a problem that I didn't even think about, but it's very true. You know, mm -hmm. with the advent of, of electric cars, um, they are really, really quiet. Well, and it's interesting. I didn't look at this story, but I thought I saw something years ago, like even after I lost my sight, that there were some vehicles that actually were emitting an audible sound so that you actually knew an electric there, vehicle was sitting beside you. Yeah, the trouble is, is that it's not really legislated yet. Oh, okay. Um, but it, the, that's something that we could see. Like we, we could see that uh, they just purposefully start making the, the cars a little bit noisier. Um, because they say that, uh, you know, due, according to a study that Vision Australia has done, they say that a third of people, a third of blind people, um, have either been hit or narrowly missed um, by an electric car just for the fact that they, they go to cross the road because they don't hear anything. Yeah. They, they hear it's clear, and uh, sure enough, no. I think they ought to handle it the same way that they handle uh, ringtones for cell phones. I think you should you should be able to select the sound that you want for your car. Like there will be a default sound for your car. But then you ought to be able to select from other ones as well. So I think so. Want, I agree. You can you can make your your car sound like a you know a jet fighter or something, like that. <laughs> or you can have it go <laughs> as you're driving along. I, I I think you could have all kinds of fun with that. I, yeah, well, for sure. I would think I I want mine to sound like Darth Vader. There you go. <laughs> as I go down the road. <laughs> So some blind person on the corner just thinks there's some pervert next to him. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, start swinging the cane. Yeah. I didn't. I, the other thing that surprised me is I didn't realize there were this, this many electric cars on the road in Australia. But apparently, uh, they're saying that uh, they're they're estimating that more than 500 million electric vehicles are, are expected to be sold globally by 2040. Ooh. So that's a big number. A lot of cars. So that's absolutely right. I mean, this is obviously going to be a problem. So that they're, you know, they should really think about addressing it now, um, as sales as sales, you know, continue to grow going forward. But you know, and they're talking about maybe like you know the car admitting beeps mm -hmm. or, um, but I mean, I I don't know. It, it should just be like you would think that it would be easy enough to manu to change that in the manufacture of them, just mm -hmm. to make them. How hard is it to make something more noisy? Basically, all you need is a speaker. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, let's make it harder for dogs, too. Because they don't hear the car coming. How are they going to chase it? They're missing That's out. A good question. Yeah. They're missing out. They're in their backyard. They don't even know the thing's going by, and they're just like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Missed another one, Frank. <laughs> so. Yeah. But what about animals? I mean... 
That's yeah. got to be a problem for that, for road, like sure, for yeah, literal roadkill. Road kill. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, sense. they don't even yeah. hear the thing coming either. Yeah. They even have a fighting chance to get out of the way. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, last story. Last story. Yeah, no, well, we saved the best for last because oh, this it, is this is pretty exciting. Scientists on the cusp of curing blindness with pioneering treatment that injects stem cells into the back of patients' eyeballs. So, of course, they are talking about uh, RP. Mm-hmm. Uh, retinitis pigmentosa, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are, of course, talking stem cell treatment. That uh, we, It's always a hot topic around here. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, there is a biotech company that has had some limited success um, with a few patients in uh, injecting stem cells into uh, the retina. Yeah, didn't we talk about this a little bit with the uh, Foundation Fighting Blindness? Uh, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is a super promising mm-hmm. um, avenue for uh, for research. Um, you know, there, still a long way to go with a lot of it, but yep. uh, but um, yeah, there, there's a massive potential for uh, uh, sight restoration using stem cell technologies. Yeah, now we would say that, of course, you know, the, and even it says this in the article. It's it's very early on, uh, but they 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 do point to three different patients uh, that has had some pretty substantial uh, results as a result of this. Um, it's being done by a company called Reneuron in Wales. And uh, they, let me see what the results here. They say that uh, one woman has gone from being legally blind to actually losing that status of, of being legally blind. Wow. Um, you know, another person, they say, went from being only able to read nine letters on an eye test chart to large to, letters right? to 29 so um serious positive effect yep mm-hmm. another nice. one's went from being able to identify nine to 24 so uh and this is a this is a pretty common uh eye disease too uh yep. so this could have a, a, a pretty big impact if they can if they can shake the bugs out and, and actually get this get this working and make it affordable good point yeah yeah because remember there, there was that one treatment for that one specific eye condition we were talking about that's but, right but how much was it it was yeah it was like two and a quarter of a million dollars or something yeah, for, for yeah, one I think, treatment I, I think that's right i think yeah. it's two hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars but it, it cured you but it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars spend the rest of your life seeing and in debt <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh no so that's exciting so um we will keep an eye on that. Uh-huh. Uh, the joke never gets old. <laughs> and of course, we'll link to all those news stories in the show notes. Hey, Steve, why don't you tell the fine folks about Canadian Assistive Technology? Well, Canadian Assistive Technology is a Canadian-based distributor of, guess what, Assistive Technology. I would not have guessed that. Uh, really? Oh, i got to work something better into the name then. <laughs> um, and uh, we do uh, all kinds of low vision and blindness aids, as well as all kinds of physical access aids and uh, accessible furniture, you name it. Visit our website at www.canastech.com. Rick, let me ask you about this. Chaos Technical Services. Chaos Technical Services. 
Don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Speaking of repairs, we are the sister company to Canas Tech. Um, we do the repairs on uh, low vision devices, uh, uh, reading machines uh, for libraries, braille printers, and pretty well anything in between. We can be found at uh, www.chaostechnicalservices.com. Joining us now is Noah Callen from the website Disability Tech. All right, Noah, thanks for so much for joining us today. Um, why don't we start off, and why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? My name is Noah Cowan, and I am the founder of Disability Tech. I love using technology to improve my life and enjoy discovering new aspects in the assistive technology space. I'm also a video editor. So what kind of impact has technology, or I guess more specifically, uh, assistive technology, had on your life? It's had a massive impact on me. Without assistive technology, I would probably just be staring at the wall. My quality of life would diminish greatly. Assistive technology has allowed me to go to a mainstream school and graduate. It also allows me to communicate with my family and friends, connect with people on social media, and it has given me a greater level of independence. So can you give us a quick bit of an overview of some of the assistive technology that you use on a daily basis? I can turn my joystick mode to a Bluetooth mouse from the display controller so that it knows to act as a normal Bluetooth mouse. When the joystick is connected to the Mac, the mouse moves smoothly. For clicking, I use assistive wears keystrokes using their dwell click function, which, if you place the cursor in a specific spot, automatically clicks for you within your set time. Mine is 0.75 seconds. I use their keyboard too with word prediction. Recently, I upgraded to Mac OS Mojave, but unfortunately keystrokes doesn't work anymore on the new system, so I use Dwell Click by Pilot Moon for clicking and the new accessibility keyboard by Apple. Can you give us a bit of an overview of disability tech and what the site actually offers users? I wanted to create a hub for resources and discussion about all things assisted wear, to provide a platform to support people who have questions or issues around assistive technologies in relation to software, hardware, or even a general question about a specific device or app. The user setup component empowers people who are already using technology and using it well to share their knowledge with other members of the disabled community. Perhaps their individualized setup may work for someone else who has similar needs. The user setups also include valuable information about the advantages, disadvantages and suggested improvements of the technology. This also enables tech companies to learn firsthand from their users what is working and what is not. You can search information via fields of disability, device, platform, software and hardware. Disability Tech offers opportunities for people to upload their current user setup so as their personal experiences and knowledge about assistive technology can be shared with others. This includes pictures. By being able to upload visuals, as well as written information, individuals are given the opportunity to visually see how an individual user is working their setup. There is also a news section 
where articles are posted, focusing on innovation and relevant assistive technology topics, and forums for people to share and discuss matters related to using assistive technology. So now I know that you're a big Apple user, and I know that you talk on the website about how you wrote a letter to Tim Cook indicating your concerns over some accessibility issues with Apple products in particular. Uh, what's your take of, of the current state of accessibility and Apple? And have you seen your concerns addressed at all? There is no doubt that my letter had an impact and was a catalyst for Tim Cook paying a visit to the Assistive Wear Home Office in Amsterdam. In the October of 2016, at the Worldwide Developers Conference, I was stoked to see the intro video showcasing a range of disabled people accessing their Apple products. To be honest, the new accessibility keyboard has been a good jump forward in creating a more inclusive platform. Although, their dwell click function needs to be looked at, as it is joined to the keyboard, not as a separate panel. That is why I use dwell click by Pilot Moon for clicking. Now, how do you see accessibility in the last few years? Do you see it getting better from all the other developers, uh, like Microsoft and Google? I am an Apple fan, but I am fully aware that Microsoft is doing a hell of a lot more in regard to the accessibility field. For example, the Xbox Adaptive Controller is bringing back the disability community to gaming. For people who are listening that don't know much about the Xbox Adaptive Controller, it allows the user to create their own gaming setup with their own unique switches, joysticks and more to get the maximum control of the game. I wish this product existed 10 years ago when I was gaming, but instead I had to use the normal controller in order for me to play games. It was almost impossible and very frustrating. Google recently developed an app called Live Transcribe, which turns speech to text in real time. How great is that? This is life-changing to someone who has a hearing impairment or is deaf. It can be used in over 70 languages and there is no wait time. My opinion is that accessibility is no longer an afterthought, and in the next few years we should see more products having more accessibility features built in. What emerging assistive technology really excites you? Like, What do you see as the biggest potential or the, or the most progress in recent years? I am really excited about iGaze technology and how it will help people with disabilities to communicate with their family and friends. I have recently invested in an iGaze system after trialing many, and believe iGaze is going to be life-changing for me. It will speed up my ability to communicate effortlessly and in real time. Where can people find you and or uh, Disability Tech online? Please go to www.disabilitytech.com and share your user setup with our community as well as join in the conversation on our forums. It's free. What, any, any, other, any other closing thoughts or anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? I would like to mention that Disability Tech does not affiliate itself with any one tech company. We want to promote all assistive technologies no matter where they are developed and made. At the end of the day, the most important thing is that people who rely heavily on assistive technologies in their daily lives can find technology that is the right fit for their individualized needs. Accessing technology 
that will enable them to have greater independence, more social connectivity and empowerment to achieve their goals and dreams. Noah, we want to thank you so much for taking some time out and answering some questions and uh, best of luck with the website. And uh, let's talk again in the future. Thank you for having me on your podcast and allowing me to speak about disability tech. Take care. That's a really cool idea for a site, I have to say. Like, you know, being able to compare uh, different setups. Uh, I mean, especially all the, you know, all the um, communication aids, all the physical access, um, assistive technology, that's real finicky stuff. And it can really vary. Your output can really vary depending on the system that you have. And, um, and everybody, and, you know, has different physical limitations and, and different needs. And so, yeah, it's it's... You know, yeah. something that oftentimes, you know, to do a proper setup, you're working with, you know, occupational therapists, speech and language pathologists, uh, you know, and then it's all got to fit within the physical environment too. So, well, and um, they all have different, different system requirements as well, I'm yeah. assuming, right. You know, yeah. depending on, on what you do, what kind of software you need to drive, um, or, you know, so, some of the specifications, you know, you need certain specifications to actually drive particular pieces of software and, all that's going to vary um, depending on what your needs are. So, uh, you know, excellent website. And uh, yeah, it's always interesting to hear other what other people think about things like Apple and, and their accessibility issues that they've had in the past. Because certainly that's something that we've been talking about too for a while. So, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us, as usual, online at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email, if they so desire, at cowbell. Keep going. At atbanter.com. It was going to be a duet. What? You dropped the ball. What do you mean? You were gonna, oh, we're going to do harmony? I was doing it with you. Well, no, we, have to, we have to rehearse these things, man. Right. 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 You right. can't right. just right. ad-lib. Take two. You can't Take, two. <laughs> Take two. They can also drop us an email, if they so desire, at cowbell. At atbanter.com. Ryan, I thought you were going to do it. <laughs> I, hate, I hate you, Ryan. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. <laughs> okay, uh, where else can they find us? Other people in the room? Well, they can find us on Twitter, they can find us on Facebook, and they can find us on Instagram. Yes, they can. And uh, any closing thoughts? Ryan, so you're away next week. I am indeed. So where are you going? Kelowna, BC. And what are you doing there? Uh, a couple things. Helping my wife's uncle de-winterize his trailer. What's, what's that entail? Well, they have what's called it? skirt. No. Well, that too. Kind of get do some spring cleaning. But they put skirting around the trailer to kind of keep the heat underneath the trailer so the pipes aren't freezing in the wintertime. Okay. So we'll take all the skirting off and get all his winter stuff out and his spring stuff. Or winter stuff put away, spring stuff out. Uh-huh. And then I chase the possums out from the skirting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, run, run the dog around the dog park and then try and arrange uh, an appointment for Mr. Barkley to get up there and show some products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, that is the case. I think that is going to do it for this week, guys. Well, All okay right. then. Uh, so thanks everybody for listening in once again. And we look forward to hearing... No, we don't. We'll see you on show 150. That's right. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. We look forward to the hordes of people joining us for our show Monday. No, is it Monday? No, it's a Thursday. 
Thursday, May 2nd, 5.30 p.m. PST. Pacific Standard Time. That's right. So uh, keep an eye out on all our social media feeds or our website. We will have the Zoom link posted. All you got to do is clicky on it. I think, does it ask you to, to install anything, Ryan? Uh, it's probably going to depend on the browser you're using, but typically you can either download and install Zoom or you can launch it right from your browser. And uh, it'll, it'll spit you into the room and... Uh, and we'll have you muted. Ha, ha, ha. At Just first. kidding. But we'll unmute you. <laughs> we'll unmute you, we promise. Yes, we will. Uh, all right, everybody, thanks so much for listening in, and we will see everybody next week for 150. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.